Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Start off by uh, addressing the shooting up in Maine with uh, two things. One that I always say, uh, actually both I always say, after these types of uh, rampages occur, number one, it's okay to wait before you weigh in with a hot take. It's okay to wait until you get more information. In fact, it's the smarter thing to do. It's advisable. Just wait. Just hang out. Wait for more information to come in. There will be plenty of time for you to pile on your political adversaries, making whatever tenuous connections you would like, but maybe just just wait. Now, that being said, it's important also to recognize as narratives uh, start to form, and so uh, you should push back on narratives that form when there's no information to support them. That usually happens uh, very quickly as well. People don't have any information and they rush in to, uh, to score political points and to use the horrors in order to advance political agendas. So that's number one. It's okay to wait. Number two, you're going to be trying to make sense of an irrational act. And as a rational person, uh, that's impossible to do. You, you're not going to be able to understand why somebody would do something like this because you would not do something like this. Most people don't do something like this. The vast majority of people could not fathom doing something like this guy up in Maine did. Robert Card is his name. As far as I know, he is uh, still on the run. A 40-year-old uh, trained firearms instructor with past mental health issues. And yes, indeed, he was known to authorities. He murdered at least 22 people at a bar and then at a bowling alley. The manhunt uh, continues. More than 50 people were wounded. This was up in Lewiston, Maine, the state's second largest city. Uh, They've been under a shelter-in-place order uh, since, what, last night, 7 o'clock or so. Um, About four hours after initial reports of the shootings, Lewiston police identified Robert, uh, Robert Card, Uh, as a person of interest. And by the way, I usually don't ever give these people's names out, but this guy is still on the loose, and so that's why I am giving his name out. Um, He was first called the person of interest, uh, but, you know, he did have a a white Subaru Outback that uh, they believed he was driving, and then they found it about eight miles away in Lisbon, Maine. Um, He is considered armed and dangerous, obviously. He is believed to have been an army reservist stationed out of Saco, Maine, or Saco, Maine, S-A-C-O, Saco, Maine. And he had recently reported, quote, hearing voices and had threatened to shoot up the base. I saw a Facebook post uh, that Facebook has taken down his account, uh, Twitter took down his account, and uh, somebody got a screenshot of his Facebook uh, before they took it down, and he was involved in a conversation with apparently an old uh, army buddy of his, uh, and he had uh, 
just done his 20 years and he had gotten out, I believe it was sometime uh, within the last year. Uh, I just heard Vince Coakley say that uh, on the previous program here on WBT that he had been let go from his job. And so that might have been a trigger. But he had been committed to a mental health facility over the summer. He had, he had a two-week stay. I just got bitten. He had a two-week stay um, at that mental health facility and then was released. Um, so he was known to authorities. You don't get committed to a mental health faci- uh, facility after hearing voices threatening to shoot up the base. And then he got let go. And I suspect everybody will run to their corners and say, take the guns, or they'll say, mental health. I, and honestly, after what happened in Israel, I don't know why anybody thinks the take the guns argument is going to work. I really don't. Um, Card, the quote, person of interest, studied engineering at the University of Maine from 2001 through 2004, but it's unclear if he graduated. Uh, the state's total number of homicides for all of last year up in Maine uh, was 29. 29 total murders, so this almost tops the total number of uh, homicides in the entire state of Maine. So the manhunt continues. Uh, Don't know if he has any kind of connections to any other states or anything. He has abandoned his car, but he may have picked up another. Um, And uh, police are joined up there by federal officials as well as neighboring states and such. So the manhunt is on. Again, you don't have to have a solid opinion about what uh, what happened. You don't have to weigh in. You don't need to make a decision about any of this stuff. You got 24 hours. Wait for more information. And also recognize that you're trying to apply a lens of rationality over a, uh, an irrational act. And um, you're not going to be successful in trying to understand it. Um, I came across this, uh, I came across a piece. It's over at, uh, this was about a week ago, is at uh, the Daily Signal, which is uh, affiliated with the Heritage Foundation. And. Um, they looked at homicide rates and you may have heard this argument uh, in a political context where people say well the red states have higher homicide rates than the blue states have you heard this argument and they point to it in the gun control debate oftentimes because uh, it seemingly supports the notion that you know more guns equals more gun deaths and so therefore get rid of the guns get rid of the gun deaths so during 2019 and 2020 the nation saw a shocking 30 percent surge in homicide rates the most substantial single year increase in more than a century and uh it says the alarming escalation in violence has ignited intense debates and discussions pushing us to explore the profound and urgent reasons behind this surge in violence so there was a report that came out, and this is the one that everybody uses, is the uh, third way, it's a think tank, that bills itself as being center-left. And it generated considerable attention by asserting that red states have had consistently experienced higher homicide rates than blue states over the past two decades. And that's the headline everybody has run with. However, when you look at the, when you look at the data that the think tank used to draw this conclusion, This narrative actually hides the reality 
of higher homicide rates in blue counties. Aggregated local crime data to the state level overlooks the crucial fact that law enforcement and prosecutorial practices vary widely across the local jurisdiction, right? From one to the next. I think, you know, you got the Mecklenburg DA, the things he prosecutes, things he goes after and targets, they're going to be different than the things up in, uh, you know, a, a Red County or over in Gaston County or Union County, right? Different areas of focus. Tougher DAs, more lenient DAs. Then you also have the uh, law enforcement. Law enforcement targets certain types of crimes versus other crimes, but this is homicide rates. So the local crime data to the state level overlooks those different practices and how they vary. And uh, reporting results at the state level also ignores nuances of local law enforcement approaches, different prosecution approaches, and that can affect crime rates. In other words, some counties experience disproportionately high homicide rates. And when those counties are added into the state average, it skews the average. It distorts the picture. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Right now, I am uh, on location out at Mallard Creek Church Barbecue, where you can come on by and get yourself a plate of barbecue, get yourself some uh, Brunswick stew, which is reportedly even better than the Q, in case you are interested. Um, I like the barbecue better. I cannot verify the that Brunswick stew is better. But some people say, yeah, yeah, I know. It's so good. Okay, okay. Um, so some counties experience disproportionately high homicide rates, and when you add those counties into the overall state numbers, you end up with a higher state average. Averaging homicide rates across counties, the data actually tells a bit of a different story. On average, counties that voted red have lower homicide rates. 4.06, so call it four, per 100,000 people. Counties that vote blue have a higher rate of 6.5 per 100,000 people. So it's a difference of about two and a half per 100,000. That's pretty big. That's like a 50% uh, increase over the red counties. And also, this third way think tank, self-described center-left, uh, they failed to consider changing electoral results over time. So they hold red states and blue states constant based on the 2020 presidential election results. But that's problematic because, as we have seen, electoral sentiment changes significantly over the years. So there's the breakdown. There's the background, the deep dive on these numbers of, well, you know, the, the uh, red states are more dangerous. 
Well, it's actually the blue counties in the red states that drive up the red state total. If you look at county to county, you see red, uh, red counties have much lower homicide rates. And again, that's just the homicide rate. And then there was this uh, study. I found this one at uh, Sage Pub. This is, um, it's, they, they publish uh, you know, research journals and, and uh, research and papers and surveys and the like. And uh, this was done by Thorstein Johnson. And he's looking at what, uh, what he describes as uh, person culture match. Person culture match. What does that mean? Person, obviously the individual, culture, where do they live? What society are they in? Recent studies demonstrate that Republicans live longer than Democrats. Did you know that? I did not know that. Republicans live longer than Democrats. I got to go out and change my registration. I'm unaffiliated. I need to go out and (laughs) register Republicans so I can live longer. That's how that works, right? No. Um, So they examined whether, you know, Correlation, not causation, right? Okay. We examine whether these longevity benefits are universal or culturally varying. Following a person-culture match perspective, we hypothesize that Republicans' longevity benefits occur in Republican states, but not Democrat states. So this is what they mean by person-culture match. If you are a Democrat living in a Democrat state, that would be a person-culture match. If you are Republican living in Republican state, person-culture match. So their hypothesis was that if you are a Republican and you live in a Republican state or area, I guess, that that's where you would see your maximum benefit. In Republican contexts, up to 50% of all Republicans, but only 36% of Democrats, reach an age of 80 years. That's a pretty big difference. 50% of Republicans live to be 80 and only 36% of Democrats? In Democratic contexts, there was no such longevity gap. In other words, political partisanship predicts not only voting-related outcomes, but also non-voting outcomes, like economic behavior, religious beliefs, media use, that sort of stuff. Republicans live longer in Republican states, but not in Democrat states. Yeah, we're good to go. I've got the uh, call screener software up and running. So we have a line at 704-570-1110 and another line, fancy us, at 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at the thepetecallanershow.com and um, tweet me at Pete Calliner. Uh, All right. Uh, Sorry, working off of one laptop out here. And uh, I was going over this study that was done by Thorns, uh, sorry, Thorstein or Thorstein, two N's, Johnson. He's got two S's in there, too. He sounds like Scandinavian or something. Anyway, the study looked at longevity rates, people uh, based on politics. So if you are Republican, you live longer than Democrats in general. That's the average, which is weird. I didn't realize that. But they decided to take a look and see, okay, Republicans living in red states and Republicans living in blue states and Democrats living in red states and Democrats living in blue states. And what they found was that if you're a Republican, you live longer in Republican states, but not in Democratic states. 
the uh, the statement of relevance, as the uh, the paper says, says the finding challenges the role of Republican partisanship as a universal provider of health benefits and provides a novel alternative explanation for Republicans' previously observed longevity benefits. From a societal perspective, political partisans who live longer can cast their vote in more elections. Right? I mean, just pragmatically speaking, the resulting voting advantage due to person-culture match, again, the individual living in a culture that is of the same political persuasion, right, in special cases may be greater than electoral margins currently observed in some states. Okay, so what does all of this mean? It means if you're a Republican and, you know, you've heard of the big sort, people are sorting themselves into um, areas of like-minded, you know, political... Uh, friends and such, people are sorting. Oh, you know, Democrats move they, and cluster in uh, urban areas, right? Blue cities get bluer, blue counties get bluer, and then the surrounding areas turn red, and then they get redder and redder. So this is called the big sort in demographics, it's, and this is happening in Mecklenburg County. Charlotte Mecklenburg is a sort of poster child for this happening. How many? How many Charlotte City Council members are Republicans now? Two, and the last one, Tark Bakari. Uh, uh, at the last one. Well, Ed Driggs is in a safe seat, right? And then Tark Bakari, he won by like 300-something votes last time around. And like this, this is what happens in all of these cities. Unfortunately for Democrats, they don't live as long. I mean, that's just what the data says. I demand, look, I'm not saying that as like an insult. I'm just saying that that's what, that's what the data, that's, it's science. It's science and data. To quote Roy Cooper, my good friend Ray, Right, so political partisanship predicts not just voting-related outcomes, but also non-voting outcomes like economic behavior, religious beliefs, and media use. It's also linked to mortality. A 2010 study found uh, Republicans are healthier. Another study in 2015 found they live longer. Recent estimates uh, estimates indicate that Republicans at any given point in their lives have a 21% lower mortality risk than Democrats. Like, what's going on here? What's the deal with that? To quote Jerry Seinfeld, some researchers have suggested that Republicans are of higher socioeconomic status and engage in more health-promoting behaviors, such as religious activities, civic participation... They also better cope with injustices, or they feel more personally responsible for their health. Now, each one of these things I'm reading, by the way, they all have studies linked to them. All of these explanations, they all share an assumption of a universal link between your party affiliation and your lifespan, your longevity, that Republicans enjoy longer lifespans, And and that's the basic assumption in all of these different studies. And so they wanted to look at, well, is that across the board? Is that in every case? And it's not. It's not. It's not universal. Why should the partisanship longevity link vary culturally? Well, there is research, psychological research, that demonstrates people derive benefits if they live in places where... Their personal characteristics match the characteristics of the ambient cultural context. For example, um, if you live with people uh, with with, uh, similar personality traits, you report higher self-esteem 
and life satisfaction. Religious people, they enjoy higher self-esteem if they live in religious cultural contexts. These benefits of the person culture match also generalize to political characteristics. And previous research showed that living among other politically similar individuals boosts your feelings of belonging and your feelings of happiness, right? So all of these benefits, they're not just like in the context of religion, they're in the context of politics now. And look, in today's day and age, people's politics have become uh, very much an identity. So if people are sorting and they're, they're moving you know, en masse to red states, you can look at Florida, I guess, for this too, North Carolina to a lesser degree, but you know, the results of what we saw in the 2022 uh, election with uh, uh, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, winning and by such a large margin, you've got all this influx based on the pandemic, I would assume, people moving down to uh, Florida, and it turned the state redder and redder and redder. Does that mean they're... I think they may live forever down in Florida now. Because there are a lot of people that move down to Florida and live a very long time. And if they get redder and redder down there, they just might live to be like 200 years old. I don't know. It seems like it seems like the science backs it up. I don't know. Uh, let me go over here to John. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great, Pete. How are you doing? Hello, John. I'm all right. How are you? Hey, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, yeah. You were on my Bluetooth. Is that better? You were on my Bluetooth. Is that better? Uh, yeah, you sound the same to me. Okay, well, okay. Um, yeah, uh, this does not surprise me because all the Democrats, or not all, but most Democrats I meet are angry, bitter people. And, you know, anger <laughs> will kill you earlier in life if you just let it fester like they do. So I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all. Well, that's sort of the, uh, the that was one of the messages from uh, the documentary Groundhog Day, if I recall correctly, right? You don't drive angry. It's a killer. So, uh, yeah, no, there, I think there is some truth to that. But, I mean, there's also, come on, like uh, the free-spirited liberal hippies and such, right? They they seem pretty happy. Well, until you, you know, eat meat in front of them, then they, you know, bust their oh, that's thing and they're yelling and screaming at you because you're not vegan. Because you're not vegan. Yeah, or you say, you know, uh, something about Hamas. That, that's possible. Yeah, uh, that's true. All right, John, I appreciate the call, sir. Have a great day. All right, thanks, man. Um, you too. So I'm going to have to send this link over to uh, over to producer Bernie back in studio. And so he can pull this audio because I, I was just alerted to this by uh, Brett Jensen, who is here with his uh, better half, Maggie, his, his dog. That's a... <laughs> He says it's true. See, he said it's true. Um, and he told, he asked me if I had seen the Jeff Jackson campaign announcement video, which Jeff Jackson is very, very upset that he got drawn out of his congressional district, which, by the way, was drawn for him right, by the special masters appointed by the court. Um, so this, this was a district that was gifted to Jackson two years ago that now that they had to redistrict because you're only allowed to run the maps for one election cycle. So uh, they had to redraw the maps and the General Assembly up in Raleigh just redrew the maps. And lo and behold, Jeff Jackson now is not going to be able to uh, maintain his seat because of the, the way the numbers are stacked against him, a.k.a. gerrymandering. And so he is uh, he's. Uh, got another plan up his sleeve though he's going to run for attorney general which of course everybody kind of knew he was going to do anyway uh just i i will say like 
I don't think it's purely coincidental that the day after the maps are approved, we get Mark Walker dropping out of the gubernatorial race to run for Congress, and we get Jeff Jackson now announcing he's going to run for Attorney General. And the way that race looks like it's going to shape up is going to be Dan Bishop versus Jeff Jackson. But I just watched this this video that he posted of his announcement. It's a minute and a half, and somebody's beating the, the tar out of the guy. Like, like, he's literally getting his face punched. Literally. I'm not making that up. He's in a boxing ring, and someone is just wailing away on his face. I think it's a brilliant campaign strategy. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he's got the video. I think it's brilliant. I mean, if you're going to appeal to me to say, like, hey, I'm Jeff Jackson. Punch me in the face. Here's, you know, me getting punched in the face. Like, I might be persuaded by this. I might be persuaded. All right, let's hear it. This is what he says. Got some news for you. A group of politicians in North Carolina just redrew my congressional district to take me out. They're going to replace me with one of their political allies. That's political corruption, and I've got news for them. I'm running for attorney general, and I'm going to use that job to go after political corruption. It's going to be a That's him getting in the ring. There are people who mean you harm. The job is about standing between you and them, which means I'm going to take some hits. Right in the face. But it also means fighting back. And he's boxing. And a prosecutor in a courtroom. And he's showing and a off his guns. In Afghanistan. Right in the kiss. I'm a husband and a father. And I am the last person corrupt politicians want to see as attorney general. Because I don't care what party what in the at. world. It's got nothing to do with parties. It's about really? doing what's right. Uh-huh. Organized crime that targets your bank account, fentanyl, that targets our kids, corporations that break the rules with price gouging or polluting our water. Let's go. <laughs> Campaign oh, he... starts today. We're going does he, across does the he whole emerge state. victorious? No matter where you live, we want you to be a part of it. And our whole family is ready. 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 Ugh. Do I get do I get to lace up and punch you in the face? I mean, I don't want him to punch me back. Like I don't yeah. I'm just asking, like, because that would be a fundraiser. That would be a fundraiser. So what is the what what is the play here? Like, I am I'm in a boxing ring with somebody who I'm paying to be in the boxing ring to take punches and to get and to get punched by. Is that the? He's fighting corruption. He's fighting corruption. That's not a person. Or, or are you saying you're going to go start punching people? You're going to go to Raleigh and just start punching people? By the way, would this be stochastic terrorism? Remember the stochastic terrorism that was all everybody talked about? It was like, oh my gosh, you're sending these messages, and then if anybody that ever hears any of this message, or even if they don't hear it, but they kind of look like you and they do something really bad, then that's your fault. Stochastic terrorism. It was a really, really big deal. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while, but I'm old enough to remember. It's like uh, yeah, during the Trump presidency, everybody was talking about stochastic terrorism. Is this stochastic terrorism? Kind of looks like it. Because he's like, he's wanting to punch people. And he's saying these politicians were corrupt because they redrew the lines. 
they redrew, they redistricted, which, by the way, they're constitutionally required to do. You know that. Like, they, they have to follow, like, rules and stuff. And, by the way, the last time the district lines got drawn, that district got gifted to you. Were, were they corrupt politicians that drew those lines to give you the seat, or no? Now, I guess it only works one way, because, right, I know, I know, it's different when Democrats do it. A fair map is one that benefits them. But... He's going to run statewide, so we're going to find out if he can parlay his TikTok account into a statewide office, I guess. Looks like he's going to be uh, running against Dan Bishop, just based on the uh, conventional wisdom and the polling. But I am itch. Ooh, he could sell merch, like boxing gloves.